Hey coaches, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Amazon's audiobook website, Audible. Audible is a monthly subscription for audiobooks. They've worked with us and are giving you coaches one month of their subscription site and an audiobook of your choice absolutely free. All you got to do is go to rtpbook.com and sign up for Audible. They'll give you an audiobook and a free month subscription upon sign up. You can cancel at any time before paying a dollar and still keep the audiobook as a gift from them. Audible has top-selling audiobooks that are great for coaches. Right now, I'm listening to Gary Vaynerchuk's Ask Gary and Sam Sheridan's A Fighter's Mind during my morning workouts, and they've both been tremendous books so far. It's great for me because when you're a coach, you have very limited time to sit down and read, so you can really multitask with Audible, and it's a great change-up for me from listening to music while I work out. Again, go to rtpbook.com to claim the free audiobook of your choice. Head over to the RTP store. We have two designs as t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. We have our Run the Power and our Will Block for Food designs available. Go get yours today under the store tab at runthepower.com. Now you can run the power in any weather. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at their website, teamattackacademy.com. On this episode of the RTP Podcast, we talk with Mark Cooper, former offensive lineman and tight end for the U, and the Denver Broncos and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Currently, Coach Cooper coaches and develops offensive linemen for one of the best youth football teams in America, Creek Red Nation, based out of Aurora, Colorado. They've won several youth football national championships, most recent coming this past season in Canton, Ohio. Listen as we talk with Coach Coop about the development of his own son, Cameron, from a tight end to a left tackle, coaching and training youth offensive linemen, and some great stories of his own career in South Florida High School all the way to the NFL. You can follow Coach Cooper on Twitter, at MSCooper63. Hope you guys enjoy. Coop, it's good. it's awesome to have you on, man. You are one of the guys uh, we we definitely wanted to to make sure we got on here. Um, you got a really interesting background, so I, I'm I'm not going to do it justice by by telling it. So if if you could kind of let our listeners know, you know, where you got your start growing up in Florida and the, the high school and stuff that you that you went yeah. to and then yeah. college and all that. I think a lot of people would like to hear your kind of your background because it's a cool story. Well, you know, it's, it is kind of interesting only because I tell my, you know, youth team guys that, hey, you don't know what position you're going to play. So, you know, let's let's get good at the fundamentals because the fundamentals, you know, will move from one position to the next. Not not always perfectly, but, you know, if you're a lineman or a tight end or D-line or whatever, I mean, a lot of things are, you know, a lot of things are you know, have some consistency in them, you know but you'll get trained at a higher level, you know, when you, when they decide where you are, what you're going to do, what you're going to play, that kind of thing. And I'm a prime example because heck I grew up in uh, South Florida, went to a, a Killian high school in Miami, which had two shifts. You know, we had uh 1500 graduating seniors. So you could tell we, we were a big high school and um, monster high school. So, um, you know, playing in that arena down there, you know, we played against, you know, all the best, you know, um, shoot Carroll City and, you know, Jackson and a you know, guy, you name it, all the way up and down the coast. And, um, 
and we had a pretty good football team and I, but I was a tight end. So I played tight end in high school. And as I was coming out, um, you know, I was rated like one of the top three tight ends in the country, you know, so, you, you know, back in those days, you didn't have rivals and 24 seven and bleacher and you didn't have all that stuff. So, you know, I, my head coach would tell me what was going on and, and, you know, got, you get accolades from like Joe Namath instant breakfast and, you know, you, uh, there was a blue, they were called blue chips back then. Right. And, and maybe I was, I was just going to ask you how, how they ranked you. How'd you know you were ranked number three without that yeah. stuff? Yeah. You know, some people, I, I know, you know, I, I grew up in a 900 square foot house, so, you know, we didn't have computers and all that stuff back then. So, <laughs> you know, my coach would like hand me things that somebody would send to him or fax to him or, uh, shoot, I don't even know it was fax. I think it was mail back then, um, would be, fa- you know, mailed to him and, and it would show how guys' standings were, you know, and then I don't know if you remember, but they used to have those books you could buy at the bookstore or at the, at, you know, and they had them at the library and places that had like rankings. They had like kids ranked, you know, and that's, that's the only place, you know, that's where I found yep. where I was ranked. So, um, so that's, you know, and, and obviously we had a lot of, we, we had a pretty good football team. So we had a lot of scouts, you know, from the colleges at our practices, you know, quite often for that matter. And, you know, they started looking at me when I was in uh, 10th grade, you know, so in 10th grade, I knew guys were looking at me and, you know, I just worked my ass off, you know, to, to try and, you know, prove that I was going to be, you know, a valuable player and a guy that could, you know, play at the next level. Um, and interesting enough, like my father used to brag about, I had a cousin that was a baseball player. So I, I was kind of like sick of my dad bragging about my cousin, you know, so I was, I figured if I could work my ass <laughs> off, I, he'd start talking about me versus my cousin up in New Jersey who was playing baseball. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. so, uh, yeah, so, so you, you know how you are as a kid, man, you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, I had a pretty good work ethic. I had a great head, I had a great head coach, a guy named Chris Pagotis. I still talked to him to this day. Matter of fact, I talked to a lot of the coaches I played for and, and, um, just cause I'm that guy. And, uh, so I had an opportunity uh, to go to the university of Miami. I was, you know, recruited by, I had 90, 90, 100. I mean, I had letters stacked on my desk you know, and, and talk to all the scouts. And, and when Miami first came, it's kind of funny. Miami first came to the game, the practices. And I was like, you know, coach, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go to Miami. I want to go out of town. And um, so I, you know, I was talking to Auburn. I took a trip to South Carolina, d- took in state trips, you know, non-official to Florida and Florida state. Cause I didn't want to burn those as, as official visits. And um, so I went to a Florida, Florida state game, matter of fact, and went into both locker rooms while I was up there. And that's kind of frowned on these days, I guess, but, um, <laughs> you know, had other opportunities, went to Alabama, sat across from bear Bryant. Um, and then this is kind of a funny story. How much time do we have? Cause I don't want to bore your people to death, but there's some funny stuff that went on. We got all the time you- in the world. Yeah. All right. Well, so, so I'm, I'm in Alabama, right. And I'm, I'm a Miami kid. And, you know, Baird Bryant's up in his tower and he's, you know, giving some, some details and telling guys what to do here and there and stuff and comes down and, and then I hop in his cart and we ride to his office and, and I walk into his office. And so, so Bear, Bear's office is like this very dark wood, heavy wooded room and trophies everywhere. And the, the desk is kind of elevated above you and I'm sitting in a chair and, and, and I couldn't barely understand coach Bryant. And he's like, Mal Kubo we want you to come by Alabama and you would think you're a pretty good football player. And, but and I'm, and I'm, and I'm speaking legibly. I mean, I could barely understand him. And it was like, God was talking to me. Right. I mean, I'm sitting there with my hands on my, my knees and I'm staring at him and I'm going, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, that's all I do with to say. Cause it was like God talking out of the clouds to you. 
<laughs> and it was a, it was just a crazy experience for a young kid coming out of Miami who'd never been really out of the state, you know, but one time in seventh grade. So, you know, I'm taking all these trips and, and, you know, learn how to travel and going to these colleges and seeing all these big dudes walk through the locker room, look like, you know, um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, half of them, you know, and you're going, and I'm going, damn, I'm going to be playing at this level, you know? And, uh, so anyway, you know, long story short, um, I, some mitigating circumstances, I had a grandmother that lived at my house. My parents were separated. She was 90 year old, 90 year, 90 years old. And my mom needed some help and stuff. And, 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 and Lou Saban started really talking to me heavily. And Lou had come from the ba- uh, Buffalo Bills. Well, Lou's talking about, you know, we're going to throw the ball a lot. And, you know, he's recruiting Mark Richt, who's now the head coach at University of Miami. And, and Mark and I played in the all, in the Ford All-Star game together. He throws me a touchdown. And, you know, we think we're the next, you know, M&M freaking uh, combination in, the, in college football and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I'm thinking, hey, Miami probably not a bad place to go, you know, local guy and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, I, so I end up signing with Miami. And uh, going to University of Miami, and and you'll never guess what kind of offense we had, right? Well, we had Otis Anderson, and we ran the Veer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, but we did throw from a pro set, and we did mix it up a little bit, but not a lot, because Otis could run over everybody and their brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles. I mean, what a stud running back. Um, amazing guy. So, but uh, Lou Saban leaves in, in the in the second year, and how and, and they're they're talking about shutting down the program and you name it. it. It was ugly down there for a while, and and Howard Schnellenberger, who a lot of people don't realize was the head, uh, the you know the offensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins when they went seventeen and zero, right? So he gets offered the job, and he comes over and he takes the takes the position, and and it's like Bear Bryant training camp. I mean, he's he's going to run he's going to run you off. You know, he's going to find out who's going to quit at practice so they don't quit in the game and and we had some brutal practices back back then and um you know, so he he took over that program and stayed kind of and, and he doesn't, you know, one thing Lou didn't didn't get is the credit that Howard got for recruiting the local guys cuz that's really what Saban started. And and uh, Howard was able to capitalize on it because he was a local guy, in essence, from the Miami Dolphins. So everybody, you know, everybody in my, South Florida was a Dolphin fan. So he had a position in my junior year, and we actually had a couple tackles that had gone down. And he goes, Coop, I need you to tackle. And, and, you know, and I was like, well, coach, you know, I think I could really help you at, at the end. The guy, I can run, you know. <laughs> and, and it's hard to argue with Howard Snellenberger when he looks across you with that pipe in his mouth and he goes, Mark, I think you need to be a tackle. <laughs> so I'm sitting there yes, going, sir. yes, sir. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with Howard, right? And Howard, you know, Howard, Howard had a really interesting way. He had already done that with, I forget the name of the guy who played for the Patriots and played forever in the league. And he goes, Coop, I've already had success doing this, um, you know, in the, in the past. And, and I think, you know, you're that candidate, you know, you get good feet, you're strong, you're a big kid, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So I, I moved up, I go down that day, dress out as a tackle and start, start playing offensive tackle. And I fell in love with it. I mean, it was like getting in a fight every play. You know what I mean? You, you, you know, you're battling, battling some, you know, big dudes on the defensive line. And, and at that time I was only like 245. So I was immediately jumped in the refrigerator and, you know, started eating at night and every, every chance I got, you know, trying to get myself bigger. And so I finished out my junior year at tackle and uh and, and so another you know again i tell kids you never know what's going to happen you know always just work your ass off so we had a 
we had a right tackle who was an All-American. We had a defensive tackle who was an All-American, uh, Chicolo, and a guy named John Kane at the right tackle spot. And they're both All-Americans, so we got the scouts coming looking at them, right, and watching film on these guys. And so I'm practicing against Tony Chicolo every day. And, um, you know, John Kane is over there on the other side, and we're booking tackles. And um, so obviously, you know, they see me on the left going, wait a minute, we're, we're here to see Kane, but who's that dude over there? He's playing, he's a pretty good football player. So, you know, again, lived in the weight room, you know, you know, got good grades, got, got my, you know, graduated, um, worked real hard, and, you know, had all the scouts coming into town. And, and we, oh, by the way, we also had a guy behind us named Jim Kelly, right? Now, Jim <laughs> Kelly was a pretty good football player, too. So, uh, that that helped get some scouts into our you know our backyard down at Miami, and um and 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 so and Jim actually dislocated his shoulder against Virginia Tech, if you guys remember that, and he wasn't ready to throw the ball until like right around the combines and right around uh you know the draft time, so they had like a, another special day for Jim Kelly at the University of Miami, and, and while they were there, they were running us and running us through drills and everything else, and. And I ran a, I was like 267, 270. I ran a 46340 um, wow. at that point, right? And so it, the, the other thing that helped is we didn't, we were on uh, probation from some loose saving stuff that year and we didn't go to a bowl game. So I got invited to the East West Shrine game and the North South All Star game. Now, you know, the, what's funny is how, you know, publicized and, you know, they're, you know, all the television stuff that goes on because those are kind of private back then, you know, the, the coach on our team, we had the, we had Bum Phillips um, and Wade Phillips in that crowd as the Houston yep. Oilers were our coach, and Frank Cush with the Colts were the, was the uh, was it the coaches for the North team, and um, but then that was like two days, you know. So the East West Shrine game was like a fun game, and Howard was there, and Corso was there, and um, gosh, the guy got, was the guy's name from Iowa, real famous coach Hayden Fry. You got Hayden Fry. What what an incredible guy, by the way incredible guy i mean when he said something you were listening because it was very important and um so we had those three guys as, as the main coaches there and talk about you know great coaching history and and wonderful coaches i mean you couldn't ha- ask for better coaches right <laughs> to play in a yeah in an east west shrine game well then on the so other again, side you know you said then you said the other one was a little bit more brutal with cushion the guys Oh man, that was two days. You know, that was two days, and I mean, they, you know, it was just you know one on one all day long, and scrimmage and goal line, and you know, it was truly like a NFL camp. Um, they they wanted to, again, put you got put us all through the ringers to see if we were, you know, if we were NFL caliber guys, and um and and that, and it was, but it was fun too because I got to meet a lot of guys that were coming out in the draft. A lot of them, you know, a lot more linemen and. You know, you get to meet guys like, you know, Steve Court, who who's played for a number of years, Steve Mott, who became a really good friend of mine, went to Alabama, played for Detroit for seven years. So, you know, that's where that fraternity starts rolling from college, you know, into the into the all-star games and then going into the pro ranks. You know, you start really, um, you know, getting to meet a lot of guys, which, you know, actually, you know, into this story, I'll probably I'll tell you a little bit about my son. You know, he's going to play for a guy that I played in Tampa with for three years, a guy named Mike Simmons. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, Brady Brady knows Mike or knows yeah. about him. Yep. Yeah. You know. So it's so what a small world football is. You know. And 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 what I tell you know players and other coaches is man be a sponge. You know what I mean. And learn as much as you can wherever you're at. And you and you never know what position you're going to play going forward. You know. So so just you know be the you know be your best self. 
you know, and when you're there, be there and learn as much as you can. Cause you know, heck, uh, you know, you only get a certain amount of hours of practice time. So you have to really capitalize all on all of them. And, and that's, you know, something that gets overlooked and, you know, in the learning aspect, I know you guys are talking to a lot of guys that are coaches, you know, and, and the learning aspect is critical. I mean, I, I've never stopped learning. I learned from Brady. I, I learned all I took, I stole all your vernacular. I know you know that. <laughs> hey, I don't, when, don't feel bad because I stole it all from Denver Johnson. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it's about. It's, you know, it's about sharing what you know with guys. I mean, you know, you know, you know more about the X's and O's and hell I played in the NFL. Right. But you, you know, your, your vernacular talking to kids, you know, from your experiences and, and, you know, I, I coach sixth, seventh and eighth graders. Right. And, and you know, he always doesn't come through and we teach we coach, we coach them like college and pro kids, you know? So, um, you know, we're dealing with, you know, hiding guys and not hiding guys and play guys and trying to teach guys. And they're all at such different levels and, and growth spurts and stuff like that. So, you know, when, when you and I did a, that clinic out here in, in Colorado with, with uh, Ryan Mullaney, I mean, that was a, you know, you and I were going to run the O-line side of it, and you started, and I just sat back and watched and was kind of like your assistant because I, I loved the way you, you know, you talk to the kids and then the vernaculars you use, you know, for steps and hands and feet and hat placement and, you know, that kind of conversation because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a sponge to, to everybody and anybody I can learn something from because, you know, we didn't run, we didn't do a lot of zone blocking when I played in the league, you know, so I've been learning that on the run from watching tapes, like in the stuff you guys are doing. And, you know, I watch stuff like Alex Gibbs did back in the day, you know, and then a lot of things have changed from that even um, guys kind of making little modifications and, you know, RPO stuff. And, and, you know, we, we, you know, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of different things, other than how to pick up blitzes and how to block people, you know what I mean? And where, you know, where your backs are going to line up and with the best, you know, some of the better formations and you, you, but you start getting better and better, all that stuff. And man, I, I just can't, you know, I couldn't emphasize enough, you know, how cool it's going to be to listen to, to even you, your guys' stuff, as well as all the stuff you, you know, you pick up, you can now pick up on the internet, which you couldn't before you had to go to clinics and pay them, pay money. That's exactly right, uh, Mark. That's that's what I try to tell even even to my high school kids that I teach. Uh, I teach astronomy is is there's no reason to not know something if you want to know it because uh, you can go on the internet now and get any piece of information that you could want. You just have to have the want to go and really want to learn it. Yeah, it's 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 amazing to me because I've even now you can waste money too. Right. Cause I've been to Nike <laughs> clinics and I've been to Glacier clinics sure. and I walked into one. It was so funny. I went with moles, right. I went with, with Ryan Mullaney and, and he's with TMB athletes and you guys all do a lot of stuff together. And we, yeah. I go listen to, I, I probably shouldn't say his name, but I'm going to say it anyway. Gary Bernardi, he was an old time offensive line coach and he was up at CU. And I thought, you know, this is going to be kind of interesting to watch. And I walked in there and, and Mullaney walks in about halfway through it and he goes, close your mouth. You look like you're catching flies. <laughs> and I started, <laughs> I started laughing. I go, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I can't believe he's showing film on his dudes not going 100 percent and actually thinking this is okay to share with people. I go, <laughs> dude, if you did at Miami or the pros, you if you had showed that kind of effort, they were starting practice over or you were gone, you know. And 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 he still was coaching the old way. And and I was just just I was amazed that actually I had paid to go to something to watch that which was. 30 years dated you know so that that was kind of a shame honestly um 
compared to some of the other, you know, other, other places I've been and other guys, and heck, just going to a clinic with you, um, Brady, and I, I know I'm singing your praises, but, um, you, you know, you were, you, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to watch a guy that, you know, kind of learned it the right way rather than kind of playing it and then having to come learn it the other way. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's, there's no question. And the cool thing about it, and, and a lot of people said it, because, you know, they'll look at me and they're like, oh, that guy didn't play offensive line. No kidding, right? Well, there's also a double-edged sword to that. I didn't learn any bad habits either. So right. all, the, all the stuff that I had to learn was all stuff that kind of went through my filter, like, okay, that makes sense or that doesn't make sense to me. And then you could always kind of bounce it off kids. So I learned a lot from the guys that, you know, I'd worked with at Tulsa just by asking guys like Jake Alexander and, and Clint Anderson and, and Tyler Holmes. It's like, you know, why does this work? Why does this not work? So I think when you right. kind of start off from, from ground zero and I didn't really have any place to go from, all of a sudden I think you're able to kind of maybe build up a model that, you know, hey, this makes sense. And then also I think a lot of people miss, you know, and I think that this is one of the things I want to get in with you too, Mark, is when you coach younger kids or you coach high school kids, you have to be able to teach it very, very basic. Yeah. You know, if, if you, if you, you can't just automatically, you know, it's, it's easy. Okay. That left tackle can't do it for the Ravens. I'm going to draft a new left tackle. You know, I don't have that luxury. You know, you don't right. have that luxury with the, with the youth kids. So I think coming from that background, it gives you a pretty good filter to, to be able to teach some of these things that we teach these kids. Yeah. It's interesting. You say, Cause it's interesting. You say that Alex Gibbs never played offensive line either. I mean, he's tiny, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And he came, he came to, the, the Broncos uh, from Georgia and he was a DB coach there. And, you know, he becomes what, one of the most prolific offensive line coaches, you know, in probably the history of the NFL and, and develops, you know, zone blocking, et cetera, and wins how many Super Bowls? I mean, go on and on. So, you know, that's a perfect, you know, example of you didn't have to play to be a great coach. You know, I see that all, you see that all the time. There's and, no question. And I think having a, a new guy that doesn't know, you know, it's fresh, uh, doesn't know much about offensive line. And as a coach, I try to help those guys out as much as I can because I think it kind of brings me back to the point, like you said, Walls, to where I can coach the basics to my kids because sometimes you get so so into it that you forget what these kids don't know coming up until maybe you talk to another coach that hasn't coached offensive line yet and they say, hey, you're you're on level three and I don't even know level one yet. It kind of reminds you and takes you back to uh, being at the, at that starting beginning level. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so, so with our youth guys, as an example, you know, we start out with one step, you know, we call it a power step, you know, and, and we go, we go from one step to three steps, you know what I mean? So we want to get our first three steps in and we start every practice like that. And, and, and my guys, you know, my guys, we're, you know, obviously we're trying to create a habit because, uh, you know, there's a lot of smarter, a lot smarter guys than I am. You know, if you do something with, you know, 22 times, it becomes a habit or 30 times or all, all that good stuff. I mean, but, but honestly, if, if you get them creating good habits, you know what I mean? And you can get the same footwork out of your offensive line, you know, you try and get them all on the same page. So they're almost like synchronized swimming as they come off the ball you know, and, and, and cross the line of scrimmage. And we do a lot of power stuff. I mean, we run ISO, we run power, you know, we run OT count, you know, counters and inside traps and, 
you know, we wrap our guards, we wrap our, you know, our center and guards wrap and, and, and we'll do the same thing with our tackle and guards getting angles, you know, and getting numbers and, and, and overloading and, and taking and, you know, putting our kids in a position where they, they go in motion. I mean, this is sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And most of the time we just physically, just literally out coach other teams because they're dads. And, and now I, I, I say that, you know, kind of half-heartedly, but it drives me crazy that a guy would go out there and try and coach his son without, you know, going and getting some sort of help. You know what I mean? Because it's sad and you can see it and they, we call them, you know, yell, we call them, <laughs> we call them yelling coaches because they yell, play harder, hit them harder, you know, run faster, you know, ex- rather than telling them exactly where their foot placement needs to be. And, you know, they took too big of a step or, or they're stepping in the bucket or reminding them of fundamentals and, and those kinds of things, you know, because it's too late. The game's too late to start coaching. I mean, you've got to be coaching them all week and, and then, you know, tweaking them during the game if they forget, you know. So that drives me crazy when you get dad coaches out there, you know what I mean? But you can tell because you, you out-scheme them and you out-coach them so quickly it's not even funny. And that's kind of – that's that doesn't that, – that bothers me because, you know, you're, you're starting with – you're starting kids with bad habits. Exactly. That stuff, I mean, to me, it just it just kills me because now you're already kind of setting the kid up maybe for a little bit of failure. It's like you said, it's either going to be bad fundamentals or maybe it's getting to the point where now you didn't teach him the discipline. You didn't teach him to, you know, sprint between drills. You're not teaching him the mentality of, of how you need to play it. And not only on that, on top of it, now they're, they have crappy fundamentals. And these are all yep. things you have to kind of unwind and unwire as you move forward. It, we, we don't run at practice. I mean, we don't run our kids. You know why? Because we run from drill to drill and we're going 100 miles an hour and we're taking advantage of that hour and a half or that two hours. So we don't have to run them and the kids are in shape. So, you know, we expect them to move from drill to drill and move from the huddle to the line of scrimmage, you know, speedy, expediently. And we, so when you set up those expe- expectations up front, you know, the kids know, the kids know what is expected of them. You know, and we, I mean, I, I coached uh, with a guy, I, I did a little AYL for a little while, and then I got away from AYL because, you know, parents were putting their kids on these teams that didn't want to play, yeah. right? So we moved over to more of a travel team, and, and heck, we won, uh, but in, in, in about a seven-year period of time, we won three national titles. And and that's traveling all over the place from, from California to Vegas to uh, San Diego to, you know, the last two tur- tournaments we won were at the at the NFL Hall of Fame, which was a great experience for these kids. And, and it's amazing what they're doing at the Hall of Fame now. Um, and cr- going to create kind of a, a training ground there for youth and stuff too. So uh, our kids this past year will get their name put in the Hall of Fame as the first crew of eighth graders that won a national title there because all the teams that were there were top teams, travel teams from all over the country that were picked. So, you know, it's so much fun to take kids out of their element and, and show them sp- that they can compete on a national level, you know, and, and basically conquer their fears, you know, of playing dudes, you know, I mean, you, you go to Texas, some of these Texas teams, they got 300 pound guys in seventh grade, you know, 330, 360. I mean, I, you walk out there and you, you think it's a, a college team sometimes. I mean, the size of some of these guys, you know, and it's, it's so much fun to watch a kid's eyes pop when he sees himself, you know, handle a bigger guy with, with the proper technique. And we try and tell our guys, you know, we want to win the ties. 
You know what I mean? You're not going to win them all, but we want to win the ties by you having better technique than the other guys and being more disciplined. And and that makes such a world of sense for these young kids because a lot of them, you know, come from um, tough areas. Let's just say tough. And uh, yep. um, from runaways to crack house families to fathers in prison and, and you name it. And that, that brings a whole different element. And you guys have dealt with that, I'm sure. No doubt. Harper, I was going to say, you, you got to play on one of those, you know, travel teams coming out of the, the Tulsa area. You know, how big of an impact did that have kind of on you? You know, you had a coach, Dave Alexander, who obviously now you work for him now. What kind of an impact did that have on you as a, a youth kid being able to travel and play some of these, these big time teams? Yeah, it was, it was great for me. I had a blast just getting around other really good football players. And then, like you said, we had a good – we had a really good um, – for our – you know, we had a club team or whatever you want to call it. But um, we had a good coach there, but we didn't have, uh, you know, a, a nine-year, ten-year NFL veteran like David Alexander as our coach until I get to go on that select team at the end of every season. And, and it was great. And like you said, we go to Texas and there'd be some – freakazoids out there and we'd play them and we you know won a few tournaments with that and and it was fun and it, it, the cool part is now you get to go look back on it and you had four division one offensive linemen and a, a division one quarterback and, and stuff like that and and it's uh kind of what mark was saying you know to a smaller degree but but the uh network that you build with some of these kids and some of these coaches like you said now i'm now i'm uh coaching for david alexander and and Mark, as you said, I've learned everything in my coaching career almost from from Brady and and from David Alexander, and couldn't be any better than that. And and that all started, you know, my dad knew knew Dave, but it started from from me being on that select team. Uh, you know that you hear some, you get a bad reps from sometime. I think from from some people, but I think that it's it's great for these kids, and it's a great opportunity and a great experience. And um, you know, the kids, you know. I, Speaking for myself, I loved it. Yeah, it's. It, I tell you, so so I'll, I'll segue that into. Um, so I leave University of Miami, right, and I go. I get drafted in the second round, and mm-hmm. go to Denver, and uh, so I walk in the locker room, and who's there but John Elway, right, and, uh, and so I was pretty fortunate. I got to play with Kelly in college, John Elway in Denver, and then back down with Testaverde. Um, <laughs> God, these, these guys. It was all you, Mark. You made those guys look good, right? Well, you, well, you know what? I made them famous for their scrambling abilities. What I've, what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so we had we had Steve DeBerg, believe it or not. He was at both places with me and talk about. I mean, I mean, he's he's as good as they get too, man. I tell you, he he was something else. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain. He, you know, Steve was a guy that could stay out all night and throw for three or four hundred yards the next morning. I mean, he was that kind of guy. <laughs> And, uh, and, and like a stabler, you know, uh, to kind of kind of reputation, you know, and a scrapper. I mean, he he punch you right in the mouth if he didn't like what you had to say to him. He <laughs> he's a tough guy, I'll tell you. And, and that was, you know, same with Elway. Elway was a tough guy. Vinny was a tough guy. Kelly, I'm not sure anybody is tougher than Jim Kelly. I mean, especially with all the things he's gone through for Super Bowl uh, appearances, um, you know, and 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 the cancer he's just recently gone through, and the he crashed in an airplane wreck and had to swim to shore one time. I mean, he, that guy's got nine lives. He's got some cat in him of some sort, I'll tell you. And, and I love him to death, man. And so it's, it's fun, you know, again, keeping up with guys like that that you played with too. So, um, 
you know, I had a, I had a weird career. I mean, I, I, I'd win a starting job and I'd get dinged and, and, you know, I'd get hurt. I'd blow an ankle. I'd, I'd uh, get a, you know, ligament stretch or, or whatever. So what I did, I'll tell you, it saved my, helped me save my career. In other words, I learned every spot on the line. So when we, we would test, I would test every spot, you know, and I knew every spot to play and I, and I practiced it in every practice and, and I'd move around the line of scrimmage, you know, when I, when I didn't have a starting job, trying to get a starting job um, and, and learn every spot. And one game we played Houston one year and I played, I started at the right guard spot, um, moved over to left, left guard spot for about two, two quarters, finished out at the left tackle spot and, 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 and played one, one snap at right when our tackles uh, shoe came off and it was a second down. So I ran over there, played one snap, came back over and finished out the left tackle spot and got a game ball for doing it, you know, cause I played all those spots during one game. And Houston was a pretty good football team back then. You know, Houston and um, the Steelers and the Raiders and, you know, we're all known for being pretty big hitting teams. I mean, those were, those are guys you battled with um, every down and, and a little dirty on the side along with the Raiders. But, uh, but so, you, you know, that, that's something that, that helped me. So, so uh, I got cut in Denver, right. And I'm immediately I'm in Tampa and uh, go down there and I finish out the season down there at left tackle. And that's where I meet Mike Simmons. So Mike comes in, he's playing, he's playing a, a guard spot down there. And, uh, and I, I'm playing a left tackle spot down there and they, they draft Paul Gruber. Well, Paul Gruber, you know, that's one, that's another funny thing. When you, when you went, you're, when you're on a football field, you know, a guy's better than you almost instantaneously, <laughs> you know, and, and I would watch film on different guys and, and, uh, try and get better. You know, you know, everybody has their own style. Your stance is a little different, this and that. And, you know, you try to tweak your game to, you know, be like an Anthony Munoz or, you know, you watch the better guys in the league trying to see what they do differently that you can try and do better, you know. So I was one of those guys all the time watching film on different guys around the league as well. But, um, again, those relationships, you know, you build, you know, in the trenches and in the locker room and, and stuff become life lasting, you know, like like we'll talk about here in a few when uh, when Mike Simmons went to UTEP here recently. Um, but if you But if you jump back into youth, you know, it's kind of funny. Every, every kid grows at a different, at a different, uh, rate. And, a, and some guys are maxed at eighth grade. You know what I mean? They're about as big as they're going to get. They may add some weight, but they may never add any inches, you know? So it's kind of, kind of comical. And I guess we'll, I'll talk about my son for a minute. He was that one of those guys. I mean, he never started on any of my youth teams and I'm the dad coach, right? <laughs> he didn't start. So you, 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 you. Let me tell you, I, you know, he gets some playing time. You know, he gets some playing time because he could play, but he wasn't as good as the guy in front of him or as big as the guy in front of him, you know, on, on every one of these teams. And I, mean, I remember we came back from uh, – we lost in the semifinals in, uh, in, in Tucson. And he, he wouldn't talk to me. And he was, and he was so pissed. And, and he was crying. And, and I go, what, what's wrong? He's like – you know, he's like, you don't, you don't play me. You don't think I'm good enough. Uh, you know, I go, no, 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 time out. Let's, let's, you know, we, we tell, we always tell the truth. You know, we're all, we're always, that's, that's one thing we do in our house. We're always going to tell the truth. It's good and it's bad either or. Right. And I said, you've got a lot of football in front of you, you know, and as you grow, you're going to, you're going to look back, we're going to look back at this and we're going to laugh. I said, right now, I know you want to piss, you're so pissed. You want to punch me and go ahead. If you want to just go ahead and hit me as hard as you can. Cause I, I you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm almost kind of laughing, but I'm not, you know, cause he's crying and as a seventh grader, you know, and, uh, 
you, you could punch me, but it ain't going to hurt. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're, you know, you feel bad because you're the dad, right? You, you know, you should be, you try and play your kid a little bit here and there, but anyway, he, he got it and he still gets it. And that's, what's funny. Cause he, he went from, so he goes to, goes to high school. And I tell these kids again, same thing. So Cameron, Cameron was played everything during his youth sports time. Right. Yep. And then he gets to high school. He plays guard his freshman year. He plays fullback his sophomore year. He plays tight end, 6'3", 195 his junior year. Now his senior year, he's, he's 6'5", 260, right? Yep. So he's a late, late, late growth guy, right? Which, which hurt us in the recruiting aspect of things. And because uh, he, he wasn't on anybody's board. I wasn't going to send out tight end film, you know, at 6'3", 195, <laughs> barely breaking eggs. Last year, you know, I had to, I had to wait. And, and so what we did is we looked at all the top 20 guys on ESPN and we looked at all the film on all the, all the guys that were coming out. There were, you know, the top 20 guys, we'd go through the film and I go, guess what your film has to look like? These guys, right? We looked at guys from 260 all the way to 290, 300, 320. And it's, and it's crazy how big some of these dudes are in high school, you know, and they're, you know, all, you know, going to Clemson, all the, you know, the, the, you know, the top schools in the country. And, um, and we, so I, you know, I, I needed, I got three or four games under our belt and then I started pulling highlights and, and he was playing well. He played, he played very well. Um, and he's getting better every week and we tweak his stance and, you know, he'd work with it, talk about his footwork and his hand placement, hat placement and all the things you do. Cause you, you know, if you don't have the right high school coach, you kind of, you know, you can't, you never usurp him. Right. I never would usurp the guy, but I'd always just tweak Cameron a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we'd go through the film one play at a time you know, to try and just get better knowing that we wanted to go to another level, right? I'm sure you guys see that all the time. Yeah, well, that that was one of the things you used to talk about, you know, <clears throat> when you have kids that, that want to play in college, that was one of the things I always did with, with our offensive line. I'd, I'd pick three or four guys and, and kind of show their highlight film and be able to say, if you want to play with the big boys, this is what you got to look like. And then I'd always kind of set that as the standard. I said, all of you guys should aspire to play there. So even if you don't get to that level, you know, having that as a goal and playing with that kind of nastiness and that kind of finish, I thought always just kind of set the tone for levels because like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can play like that. You know, that kid's the same age as me. Well, okay. So now I'm going to tell you how I, I, I kind of fibbed a little bit, right? So I was, I was calling him 260 all year and he was really 245. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And, uh, but he looked 260. I mean, yeah. he honestly, God looked 260 because he's a big dude and um, big, heavy, wide guy. I, I was a, I was kind of a more of a lean, you know, small wrist, small ankle guy. Now he's big boned, right? Yeah. So he looks it so I could get away with it. And, and I had a, a few guys coaching me in the background. I'll tell you who they were, you know, is, is one sitting right there next to you. And uh, <laughs> I would send film to Brady and he, he would look at him and, 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 uh, you know, Ryan Mullaney was basically, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I would never want to do what I just did again. I mean, I basically, you know, you know, work well, I, when I say I, it should be I, cause I had lots of help. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I sent stuff to Brady. Brady was talking to different guys. He'd fill me in on what they're looking for, what they're thinking, what they're doing. You know, Ryan Mullaney was like a brother. I mean, still is, and he always will be. Because I mean, I, I bet I talked to him three times a day sometimes, and I would be calling him. Uh, well, hey, what do I say to this coach? Just called. Hey, what do I say about this? What do I say about that? I mean, he was basically. I'm I'm sure he's so glad that Cameron signed, so he didn't <laughs> have to get three phone calls a day for me, right? And and five texts to go along with it, right? But um, man, if to tell you kids want to go to school, 
um, they, they want to get in that program with Ryan because he, he knows everybody and the brother and he knows exactly what to say, how to say it, when to say it, when not to say it is probably the most important thing I learned. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because of just the way this whole recruiting thing works and, and Ryan was kind of funny. Ryan was like, no, you need to do this because you played in the NFL. You're going to, and I, he, he was saying to me, you got more responses than he would get because, you know, of my NFL background and how I set up this email that obviously he, I wrote it, he tweaked it to make it work for us, you know, to try and get some reaction from these coaches. And, um, and, and it did. And so, so long story, a long story short on that was, you know, heck we talked to God, I think we got, if I counted them, 15 preferred walk-on offers from guys just looking at his film, right? Yep. Yep. From, um, gosh, from, uh, North Texas, North Dakota, Boise state, um, CU Clemson, he was in the last two with, um, and they, they found their guys temple, uh, uh, Northern Iowa with Mike, but Mike wanted them, but they get now the SCS, they could get two for ones in Iowa for local yep. guys. Right. Yep. Yep. So people don't realize that. And I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't know any of this stuff. Like I said, it was such a learning curve for me. It was crazy. Um, Eastern Michigan, uh, Cal, CSU, FIU, South Dakota, University of Washington, uh, New Mexico, Wyoming, Eastern Washington, Middle Tennessee, San Diego State. Um, you know, just watching his film. I mean, I had brief conversations with them and they were, we got our dudes for this year. You know, they, you know, they'll tell you they're full and there's no such thing as full. Ryan will tell you that Brady will tell yep. you that, yep. you know, cause there's a lot of options, you know, blue shirts, gray shirts, you know, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, and that's what we ended up doing. We ended up doing a gray shirt, um, which was going to work out perfect for him to be honest with you. But he's now, you know, he's now 260, 262, 263. <clears throat> so he'll, he'll literally, um go to college he he won't he'll go we'll pay for the first semester mm-hmm. and then in the fall the as soon as the season you know he'll go he'll he'll finish working out with moles over the summer he'll go to school we'll pay for a semester and then they'll full ride him come january right and yep. then he'll literally take nine credits he'll he'll bring some credits from high school he if he goes year round he could graduate in three years and then get a master's degree so it's the perfect storm for a, awesome. for a late blooming kid, right? Yeah. And they want him, you know, they want to bring him along to the point where he's competing next spring, you know, for a starting position. Cause they, here, so here's why, here's why they said that. And, it, and we'll back that up a little bit and kind of, kind of jumping all over on you. I think I'm ADD, but so UTEP didn't win a game last year, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Their entire coaching staff, staff gets nixed and they're gone. And they only have 11 scholarships this year because the prior regime was give, doing the same thing with, you know, giving out scholarships on the following year. And they were going JUCO for juniors and seniors. So they're a junior, senior heavy team down there. Um, and they need to fill, fill in the gaps, right? Because yeah. the, the guy was losing his job. So he was bringing in nothing but a bunch of JUCO guys to try and win to keep his job. And, and you can't blame a guy for that, right? Yeah. So, so uh, Demel, Coach Dana Demel comes out of OC out of Kansas State. He puts together a hell of a staff. I mean, a hell of a staff. I'm I'm extremely impressed with him. And then and Mike Simmons from from uh, Northern Iowa comes in as the offensive line coach, and he and he he was a late bloomer. And that's the other thing. So you got a coach that's a late bloomer. Two coaches. Demo was somewhat like that too. But you know, Mike Simmons was a late bloomer. So he he relates to Cameron like 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 it's him, and um and and loves him. So you know, he he wants us to come down and we go down and we meet the staff and we see the campus and we. 
you know, see everything that they're about. And, and, and Demo got a five-year contract because, you know, it takes that long. And, and you guys have seen it more than probably as much as I have, how these coaches will roll in and two years they're gone. And, and then the two years later, they're doing pretty well with the class that the other guy recruited. Yeah, no question. You know, so it's, yeah. So, you know, I mean, Mark Richt, you know, went down to Miami and um, heck, look where Georgia, what Georgia did this year. Right. And a lot of those were his kids. Um, and there's so there were still some freshmen in there too. And, um, but he's doing a heck of a job down at Miami as well. But, you know, so I had a lot of people to call on and ask and, and, and get information from. And, um, but that's what that, you know, that whole football alumni or, or, you know, it's like a fraternity of its own. And, and that's, what's kind of fun as you get going over the years and playing in different places and meeting different coaches and, you know, getting, learning different things and ideas and such, you know, you can relate them to your son, you know, you can relate them to yourself and, and you, you know, and you're, you're, you know, a sponge for more and more information just to be a better coach for your kids, you know, and, or the kids that, I, and I'm a coach. My guys are long gone, you know, Cameron has been long gone out of the youth sports thing, but I've, I've stayed in it cause I just love it, you know, having fun with these guys and, you know, they're like, like second kids. <laughs> so some of my favorite, some of my favorite guys and that's coaching and playing are, are the late bloomers. Cause I think they've got to be so good with technique. They got to be so tough to, to even play, you know, when they're undersized that finally when they do grow into it, they've had to put in the time to work, to have good technique, to be tough. And now they're a lot better than the kid that's been bigger than everyone his whole life and has kind of got away from, uh, you know, kind of got away with that uh, in his playing career. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, you guys, you, you know, there's F, FBU, there's NUC, there's, you know, the uh, Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame's doing their own deal now. I mean, there's all these organizations out there, you know, where you can go play, you know, like, at, so you play your season, then you go try out for these teams and you put the, you know, add to these travel teams that already probably have some pretty, you know, they're kind of all-star teams basically. Right. But you mean, you, you know, you, they go to the uh, we've had these tryouts over at the high school, local high school. And man, I mean, you got some studs, you know what I mean? But man, but talk about just horrible technique and and feed and just not knowing what to do. And then, you know, have to, having to bring them along, you know, with guys you've already coached. That's I'll tell you, that's the toughest thing is trying to assimilate kids that were coached poorly in with a group of kids that were you know coached well for a long period of time um, throughout the season. You know, that's, that's, I'll tell you what, that's the thing we've had the toughest time with, you know, so you're trying to get, almost try and get your, in Colorado anyway, because we don't have that as many kids to pick from as you might have in, you know, South Florida or Georgia or Texas or, you know, some of those places. So you're, you're trying to get a decent team to start out with. So you only have to add a handful of guys versus, you know, almost revamping your team and recoaching everybody all over. But even at that level, we're still taking our first step and our second step and our third yeah. step. You know what I mean? Because we're <laughs> got to bring them along. So that's I, that. That's what that's what tests your metal. I think you know. I think you know. You, you it's always kind of been the the latest buzzword is the whole thing with with specialization. You know, I, I think when you're when you're going to play football and you want to be good, you know, and Harper and I preach this constantly. You got to have some level of obsession with it. You know. Your, your kid's long gone from the youth game, but you're staying in it because you got an obsession of seeing these kids get better, you know. And, and I think – I'm not saying you got to specialize, but if you're going to play offensive line or you're going to play quarterback, you know, you're going to punt, you're going to kick, whatever it might be, there's a reason they call those specialists. You know, you, you have to learn some of these techniques to do. 
you know, and again, I'm not saying, you know, go out there and play just one sport. I think there's, there's definitely some merit to playing all of them, but it's going to help you to be coached the right way. You know, you shouldn't just tell your kid to go out there and play for, for nothing, especially when they get to a level. It's like, you know what, dad, I'd kind of like to be a a pretty good offensive lineman. You know, you got to take them to somebody that knows what the heck's going on. You know what I'm saying? You, you really do. And the, and the, like people ask me all the time, you know, Hey, my kids, this, or Hey, my kids, that, or Hey, what do you think? And, and I'll say, I'll, you know what I say? Every time I go find the very best coaching you can find, yes. you know, the schools are relatively the same in Colorado as an example, you know, or if they're in another state, I just tell them, find If you have to drive across town, if you, if your kid's a good player and if you think, you know, he's, he can play at the next level, and, and and when I say that, that's kind of a problem statement too, because you know everybody thinks their kid is, but you know <laughs> yeah. they, they they probably should go have them evaluated by somebody, and then make a decision on where they're going to put them, because you got to find them the best coaching they can find, so they're you know they you know that they uh you know, have a little bit of a leg up on other dudes, um because there's so many kids vying for so few spots out there, it's 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 doggy dog and and. You know, I played three sports. I was a football, basketball, track kid coming out of high school. Um, but, you know, Cameron was a football, basketball um, kind of track guy, but he didn't play basketball this year because he's just been living in the weight room and uh, working with Malls. He's over there right now at 730 tonight, you know, and they're doing body rapes and all that kind of stuff and, and um, <laughs> you know, doing their drills that they call and uh, working his butt off because, you know, he now, you know, he's excited to be, you know, going to UTEP and, and he, he has a chip on his shoulder. You know what I mean? He has, he has a chip on his shoulder that, that, uh, you know, that he, he finally got, you know, a place to go. And now he's like, you know, I, I want to, he wants to prove himself. So that's, that's fun stuff to watch. Harper, I was going to ask you about it too. Cause I mean, I know you, you kind of were a late bloomer as well, right? Yeah, I was. I was um, didn't start till my senior year. I uh, was, you know, all my high school career was whatever two twenty, two forty, and then finally my senior year I got to two sixty. And you had to quit playing. What well, you quit playing baseball, right, to kind of help you get to that level. Right. the The thing to me is, um, you know, you hear a lot of it on on uh, social media in different places. All these coaches that are that are imploring kids to be multi sport athletes and. You know what? I, I think for for some kids, it's that's definitely the call. But I, I think that some of it's for brownie points from some of these coaches, and it's not really for the kids. You know, I think it's got to be uh, depending on what the kid needs. So in my in my case, I was played football and baseball, and I was junior high baseball as a sophomore and junior. And you know, I wanted to play football. I, I loved football. I uh, I wanted to play it in college, and and I'm lucky that I didn't have someone uh, to, to look at that said, yeah, just keep playing multiple sports and, and, and just have fun with it because what I truly wanted and truly wanted to be in life was a college football player. So I had people that said, look, if that's what you want to be and you want to be a college football player, that's your goal in life, uh, then you need to just concentrate on football, put on an extra 45 pounds, you know, 20, 30 pounds in the off season of, of good weight of working out. And I did. It got me noticed, and and I went on to to go play college football and, and start, you know, for four years in, in college at Houston. But um, I, I think just having this cooker cookie cutter mold that hey, everyone should just play multiple sports. You know what? It, it is right for some, but I think that it's 
for me anyways, it was the best thing that could have happened to me was just playing football. And honestly, I wish I would have started that a little bit sooner. See, I, I, I just think again, you know, it's, it's like we've been saying the whole time, you know, you know, Cooper said at the start of the podcast, you never know what a kid's going to be, you know, and, and Harper, you just, you just said the same thing. Well, once I did find out what I wanted to be, I, I sought out all the things that I needed to do to get that done. I needed to put on weight. I needed to mold my, my technique. You know, I needed to play nastier, whatever it might be. You went after it and you got that stuff done. Yeah. And you know what? There's so many more tools today than there was back in my day. You know, I'm 58 years old. So, you know, we didn't have near the things. And I love some of the stuff I see, like, you know, you guys with your podcasts and, and the, and, and you cut and film and, and, you know, showing inside and outside zone. And then, you know, then you've got, you know, like a Charles Bentley guy that you can, you know, you, people can watch, you know, who's probably one of the premier offensive line coaches, you know, in the country. And then you've got, you know, a, a three or four other ones. I don't know all their names because I kind of bounce around on the internet and on Facebook and liking their stuff and, and see them. And, you know, I'm out there trying to make a living at the same time and provide. So you, you, you kind of, you know, <laughs> you, you're getting glimpses of this and that at, at times, and then you get a chance to sit down and, and hone in and, and dig in. And I mean, there's a, there's a, I'll tell you a funny, there's a thing called Lyman lunch on Facebook and I forward, they're all big hits. They're, yeah. There's no more fun. More, there's no more fun than playing offensive line. Right. When yeah. you get to just, freaking trounce somebody and that's loaded with you know great hits of the week and college and pros and you know you watch i forget that left tackle just spun spun uh um vaughn miller like a top you know when he punched him gave him a punch and then like last brady you saw vomer i mean he hit fowler so hard almost knocked his teeth out looked like you know what i mean and when you get to see this nate soldier i'm sorry not vomer yeah soldier and those punches, I mean, you know, when you see stuff like that, man, it just, it, the hair just stands up on my neck, you know what I mean? And I just get a big smile on my face, and then I forward that to my son. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 all, you know, and I retweet it or re-Facebook it or share it and all that stuff because it's, it's comical. I mean, they're, they're, I tell you what, offensive line, people don't realize how much fun offensive line is to play. And, you know, most kids want to be a court, you know, they want to be a quarterback. They want to be a, you know, they want to be the next defensive lineman. You know, they don't understand how much fun there is at playing offensive line. I love that you mentioned that, uh, Mark, because that's, that's one of the things I think that LaCharles Bentley has done such a great job of on social media is, is making it cool or making it something fun to be a part of and showing that it can be um, a, a high level trained skill. Yeah, and it is. I mean, when I played, heck, we played, you know, stay in front of the guy. You know what I mean? It was more like, more like a basketball game. Stay in front of the guy. Stay in front of the guy. Don't let him get around you. You know what I mean? You know, your feet are in the air and you're bouncing and you're hopping. And, I mean, I, I look back at some of my film and I go, oh, God. And, and so I, so this is this is really funny. Like, I, I get, some guy, I don't know who he was, uh, starts loading all these old Bronco games, right? So he, he's loading these games and then and – then, uh, I have a few of them. I start saving on YouTube and I show Cameron. He goes, dad, you hopped. I'm like, shut up. I'm like, shut up. Don't watch dark. You know, but he goes, Hey, you opened the gate a little on that one, didn't you? You know what I mean? And he goes, well, well your hand, you missed with your hands. You know, he's dice coaching me, right? I'm laughing. Cause I think it's comical. Cause you know, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't teach anything like I played cause I'm not sure I could play now the way I played back in, you know, in the eighties. Cause it's such a different game, keeping your feet on the ground and you're, and 
you know, and basically, you know, your, your, your kick slide. And I mean, you know, everybody has a different vernacular for how they call it, but you know, the, the, you know, seven cleats in the ground and a little bit of a point in your toes out a little bit. I mean, all those things, we didn't have a clue. We just tried to athletically out <laughs> athleticize the guy across us. Right. And, um, I don't love to have better feet when Howie Long freaking gave me a rip and a club in the same and launched me. I mean, you know, that, I didn't land for about five minutes. I was in the air going, shit, you look bad on film. <laughs> so that's, uh, and you I, know, you know, D- Dave had some stories about that too. He said he had one line coach. I remember he, he said, your past pro is just about, you, you got to want it more than the other guy. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that was his coach. That was the guy's coach. But I'm like, that guy's in the NFL. He's got to want it more oh, yeah. than Dave said, he goes, well, coach, I want it pretty bad. And I ain't going to block Reggie White. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm like, uh, oh, yeah. it just, it just blows my mind. And that was one of the questions that I had for you, you know, is, is how much the, the technique has evolved over the years. And I guess you kind of just answered it, but to me, that's just, it's just amazing how, how far it's come, you know, with the, the number of people studying these things and coming up with better ways of teaching it, you know? Yeah, it, so it's funny because I had I had a guy named Bad Rad, um, Dan Radakovich, um, who was known for hands, right? So I learned I learned better hands coming out of college to pros. I learned better hands from Radakovich, right? And then I go down to Tampa, and Larry Bechtel was a feed guy, right? But he wasn't he wasn't the feed guy of today. He was the feed guy of then, you know. And then he did use smaller steps, right? But you know, you're still on your toes, and you weren't you know you weren't you know you weren't sitting back in the chair as hard as you are today. And you, I mean, it was just totally different. So but, but it helped me. That helped me. So, so you figure, you know, you thought, well, Hey, I'm going to the NFL. I'm have the best coaches in, in, in the history of the planet. Well, that wasn't the case. That was a good old boys network. Okay. So I'm in Tampa, Bechtel leaves and the guy who, who backs him up, John Bobo, he was a GA the year prior to Alabama. And then the prior that year, he was an assistant line coach. Now he's an offensive line coach. And he absolutely had no clue who to block. I mean, who to block, how to do it, et cetera. I mean, I'm getting – I got guys asking me on the field because I'm a six, seven-year vet now, and I'm going, look, don't talk to me on the field. You're going to get me fired. you got to ask the coach, you know. <laughs> so it was – yeah, that was kind of tough too, you know. But, uh, but you know, you did what you did. And, and um, you know, and I, I could talk for hours about crazy NFL stories, but just – because of the day uh, and 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 it's it wasn't the big money game it is today you know we played for the love of the game and the love of the sport and you know I'd probably do it again for the same money that's how stupid I am right but but you know it was the camaraderie was you know off the charts I mean that's the biggest thing you miss when you leave the game is that, that locker room you know no there's no question we said one one of Harper's teammates on before and it's the same thing I mean it, I don't know Harper you guys probably hadn't talked for you know a little while but it was like literally you guys hadn't been separated in you know six seven years so you're exactly right on that man the camaraderie is pretty dang awesome it you know that's what got you you kind of that you know i think that slid me back to coaching you know one my kid was going to play oh this is funny too so my kid is going to be going to sixth grade he's going to play right they they all decided we we, we're going to move him from flag over to tackle so they go, okay, we're going to put them on this Creek Creek team, right? And so, and I'm thinking, okay, well, we'll I'll let that go. We'll see what happens. The coach calls me up the next day. He goes, hey, coach, Coop, he says, hey, I want you to, I want you to come coach offensive line with me. And I go, well, what kind of offense are you going to run? He goes, double wing. <laughs> I go, I go, double wing. I go, I said, look, you're going to have to give me a couple of days. I'm going to have to look that up on the internet or go buy a book <laughs> and and read because I don't have no idea what you're talking about. 
I don't I have no idea what the double wing is. I mean, I wasn't a historian. I was, you know, pro set and, you know, some beer, but I'd never heard of the double wing. You know, I'd seen some pictures of it, you know, or some <laughs> old old film. And I, I, so I started looking at the double wing, right? And I'm going, wow, this is kind of interesting, man. A lot of, a lot of tricks you can play in the backfield and motion and back and forth. And I go, you know what? I bet I can talk him into getting out of this before the year's out. <laughs> and I did. So it was, <laughs> yeah. it, was it, it was funny. You it's know, hard to have, he was receptive. Well, I say it's hard, it's hard to have an all-star team if only two guys are going to touch the ball. <laughs> oh, I know it. I know it. Well, and those, well, yeah, those weren't all-star teams back then, you know, it was kind of funny, but I mean, you know, the early on process of that grouping and I, and I helped, oh, by the way, I helped Cameron back a year in eighth grade. He got two years of eighth grade with me um, because I, because my other son who plays basketball, he's a D2 guy in Kentucky Christian and, and he was a late bloomer. So when I saw that and saw Cameron, that's, that, that also helped Cameron because I kept him back a year. So that's, that's something I, I absolutely endorse. And a yes. lot of moms do not want to hear that. But I'll tell you, dads do, moms don't. But I'll tell you, it makes a world of difference come senior year, junior and senior year. I've never seen the negative of it, uh, even as far as, you know, in school and, and around their friends or just a, a year more mature. I don't, I don't see, you know, any negative in it. I, I plan on doing that with my son and, um, you know, just to get a, another year of, of just maturity even. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I well, the think schools it makes a don't huge want difference it. with boys. Yep, no yeah. doubt. The, the schools don't want it because they're counting their dollars, and every student that has to, you know, be there is a dollar that could be spent on another one. And we could talk about that, but with no sense in doing it. But yeah, that's that's critical, critical in my view for a kid's maturity. Because in Texas, I think they hold them back. You know, their best three years is sixth grade, right? <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. Well, Coach, we're we're uh, we're getting close to the end here, and I know uh, Coach Harper likes us to ask uh, this uh, this one last question. But uh, you've you've obviously been around, and you've watched a lot of football and watched a lot of offensive lines. But you know, w- when you watched an offensive line on TV, be it an, an NFL team, a, a college team, or heck, a youth team, you know, what are some things that you noticed that would make you kind of say, you know, that those guys are being coached by a really good offensive line coach? Yeah, well, you know, that's all I watch. Is I watch. So Jacksonville shocked me. I, I hadn't watched Jacksonville all year. And their tackles, man, they had great feet and the guards could run. And uh, those coaches lost that game. I thought they could have beat the Patriots because the coaches played not to lose rather than keep the, their foot on the gas. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, watching, I'm watching hand placement. You know, I'm watching the slides. I'm watching, you know, hat placement. I mean, I, I you know, it, it's – I'll watch, you know, one guy at a time, you know, and I'll sometimes I'll, you try and watch the whole line. It just blows your mind. But so I'll start at the tackles and I'll work my way across the line. And, and I like watching them on TV because you get all the replays, right? So you don't really yeah. miss the game. You just get a chance to rewatch the play after you get to watch the guy. Um, you know, and I'll see a guy that I, I'll, I'll, I'll often call Cameron and, you know, if he's at his buddy's house, Hey, you got to come watch this game. You got to come watch this left tackle. You got to come watch this guard or, you know, we'll, or like the, when years, a couple years ago, every, every time the Cowboys played, man, we were, we were watching that offensive line, you know, and then guys move around like they do and, and guys get hurt, et cetera. And so I, when I find guys that, you know, are really getting the job done, man, I concentrate you know, in on that guy and I'll, I'll spend the whole game watching, 
you know, one guy sometimes or two or maybe three, but, um, you know, it's, but, but, you know, what you see, I think, you know, the guys that are in the playoffs, you know, have the best offensive lines and, and people don't realize that. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I'm in Miami. I'm at a fishing deal. I'm at uh, a, a bar restaurant that was owned by Dave Mandridge and God bless me, passed away. And behind that bar was like these figurines of the 1972 Miami Dolphin team. And it was like collecting dust. And I tell the bartender, I go, man, bring that out. You know, you, that's a talking point. You need to put that out here. Mandridge's place. I mean, you know, he's on it, you know? And so the guy brings it out and some guy looks at me next, next to me and goes, uh, the Miami Dolphins suck and blah, blah, blah. What would you do to fix them? You know? And I go, well, I'd fire everybody. And I'd, and I'd, I'd be the most unpopular guy in town. I said, because I would build the offensive and defensive line before I'd put another dude on that team. And he just looked at me yep. like I was crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's, I tell you, you went in the trenches. There's Which no I, doubt about it. I've got NFL Game Pass, and it's, um, you know, you actually get to watch the all 22 films. You get butt shot and the wide shot, and you get the NFL games. Like, two days later, you get to watch the the butt shot without anyone talking over it, and it's great. And, it, and it's funny you said Jacksonville because uh, that was one of my favorite teams to watch this year just because some of the, the big sets they get into and some 22 personnel power that they run. And um, I, I really enjoyed watching them as well this year. Yeah, and that, you know, and those tackles, those tackles and guards run really well. That that fullback screen, you know what I mean, that they were running earlier on in the game that they got away from, you know, and Bortles getting out of the pocket once in a while, you know, dinking and dunking. But I'll tell you, they, you know, that, that's what I liked about them. I mean, they, those, that offensive line could do everything. You know what I mean? Some can't. You know, sometimes you get a tackle that can't run or a guard that's not real mobile or uh, that. They, they were super athletic. They were fun to watch. I was, I was kind of, you know, sorry they lost. And then I was like, damn, I missed that all year. Yeah, screens are tough to coach, and then I think the other ones play action passes. You know, I think if guy, guys yeah. can can make it look like run, and then you know be able to, to quick set dudes, and then be able to protect. To me, those guys are are getting coached up on some of the great details. So I think you guys just mentioned two of them with Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, fun to watch too. Mark, I'm curious. Do you remember who your uh, team trainer or doctor was when you were uh, at Miami? Because we had a we had a, a doctor at Houston, Mike O'Shea, and he was Mike, at my. I love Mike. I, I love did too. Mike. He was he was he my uh, trainer at Houston. Oh my God! Well, then Demo was down there when when uh, he was there. Demo had two years at uh, at Houston, right? And and Mike O'Shea, I'll tell you another quick funny story. They're doing this nutrition thing. Remember, Mike's big as a stick, right? Just as big as a right. stick. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're doing this nutrition thing about getting bigger and all that stuff. And we, right as we ended, I just make a crack. I go, hey, Mike, I hope you were listening to that. You know what I mean? And everybody's laughing their ass <laughs> off in the locker room, right? <laughs> Mike, big as a stick, right? So we go back out to practice. This is what I was a tight end, right? I go across the middle of the scrimmage, and I get waylaid, and, I'm, and I land flat on my back, right? So I got the wind knocked out of me. And I'm, I can't even breathe. I mean, I'm trying to, you know how you, know, you mean get hit hard like that, and you're trying to get your breath? Yeah. He, 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 he jogs out on the field, right? And he goes, you know, I could just cover your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I'm, now, now I'm, la I'm laughing while I'm trying to catch my breath, and I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. What a great guy. He is. He was awesome. We, I loved him. Um, saved one of my teammates' lives. Had a, an arterial, I don't know, something with his heart, and – Saved Ooh, his life, wow. and, and uh, he actually went on and got drafted in the first round, uh, DJ Hayden, as a corner, but saved his life and uh, 
kept me in a couple games, old school uh, knee tape job when I had an, an MCL yep. injury. So um, he's an old school guy, but he was he was awesome and and just kind of like you said, you never you you don't realize how small of a community football is until uh, you're saying you're at Miami Miami, and I, I figured he was there when you were as well. Yeah, that's classic right there. Yeah, I mean that, that you know. And that's what's fun. Getting, like I haven't talked to Simmons in years, and I spent the whole weekend with him down at, in uh, El Paso, right? And he brought up stories I forgot about, and and you know, and they've spurred other stories. And you, we just laughed the whole weekend. It was great. That's awesome. Well, Coach Coach Coop, we would love to get out on a fishing boat with you sometime, and hear some more of those stories because I know you're you're quite the fisherman down there in in Florida. Yeah, I run down there every chance I get. So, yeah, I'd love to have you guys come with me sometime and catch, try and catch some tarpon. They're fun. Harp, we got to do it, man. Deal. You don't, you don't have to twist my arm. Don't tempt me with a good time. That's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank our sponsors, Team Attack Academy and Audible. Go get your free audiobook at rtpbook.com. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.